Welcome to this week's episode of Meet the Entrepreneurs with me, Jackie Cameron. Joining me recently on the Business Power Hour was one of South Africa's top women entrepreneurs. Grace Harding leads a multinational restaurant franchise and is a leading light in the country's hospitality sector. Last time I looked, you had more than 200 stores across 16 countries and sales of about 2 billion rand a year. Is that still the accurate picture of your business empire? Uh, If you leave out 2020, so we go 2018, 2019, 2021. Well, we won't hold that against you. It doesn't have the number 13 in it. Yeah, okay. It is is quite accurate. Um, Yeah, it's a lovely brand, very unique um, with lots of love and care for people. How many people do you employ and care for? Well, it's primarily a franchise model. We only currently own the restaurants in Cyprus, but I would say that the brand employs over 8,000 people um, in all its 200 odd stores. That's a lot of people to keep you awake at night, Grace. Yeah, definitely, especially in these times. And it was so interesting listening to your previous guest. Wow, the woman talk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Grace, you are also very inspirational and you've also been very strong in this very difficult environment and you've been campaigning uh, for yeah. your sector. Can you just tell us a bit about what drives you? Sure. Um You know, I've always been somebody who wants to change the flavor of the workplace. I'm so against hierarchy and titles and pretentiousness and Ocean Basket gives me a place to bring those dreams to life. It was started by a true entrepreneur, by brothers with a real Mediterranean mother, and they never worked in the corporate environment. So they, they never understood this thing about titles and some people having bigger chairs than other people. And they've always had enormous respect for women. So it's really interesting. But the thing that drives me, and it's definitely something that I haven't fulfilled yet in this industry, is to find a way that businesses can be successful and profitable while uplifting the lives of people. Because the hospitality industry is really, really tough. And it's not the best paying industry when it comes to the the people who work on the ground. And many of them, when you you go to a restaurant, you really feel that people are doing this because they have a passion. You know, the chefs have a passion for cooking and so on. What is the employment situation like in South Africa in your sector? Um, You know, there's so many different kinds of restaurants. It's always, people always ask me that. And A restaurant is a bit like saying, what's the medical industry like? I mean, there's dentists, there's gynecologists, there's surgeons, there's pediatricians. So I think in the higher end, uh, the very bespoke restaurants, I think that they are pretty much back on their feet now. Um, People sort of right at the top kind of remain there. And then you have your casual dining ourselves, Spur, you know, the Mythoses, Nikos, you know, the brands, and then you've got all the other restaurants, you know, Mama's Pizzeria and George's Coffee Shop. And I would say that many employees were retrenched last year. 
And I would estimate between 60 and 70% have been re-employed, but it's a very volatile time because, you know, then we have the family meeting and then we're not sure. And, and we certainly aren't out the woods. I mean, besides the country placing restrictions, the consumer is nervous. So it's, it's very unsettling. They come back to work, they go, they work a shift, they don't work a shift. But overall, I would say more people are back at work. And do you think some aspects of your business have changed irrevocably? And if so, which ones? Yeah, you know, there was this word pivot, which has become a new favorite, unfavorite word. Um, I think one has to be so careful because the, the meaning of pivot could also mean just detract. Um, and we've been hearing things that say, oh, restaurants are not going to survive. Everybody's going to live on takeaways. Um, you know, since the days of Jesus and before that, people don't want to like eat alone. So I think it's been hard to stay true to who we are. Our deliveries have certainly increased. And our belief is that it's going to even out. It certainly is going to even out. We're very different to the retail industry. You know, we probably bought more stuff online in the last year than ever. Washing machines, coats, groceries. Will we switch or will that balance out? I don't know. But I think the need to be together, to break bread, I don't think that that's ever going to go away. So it has changed. We learned many lessons. The biggest lesson we learned was to be more efficient, um, to carry less stock, all those things that we were working on, but there's nothing like a crisis to give you uh, the fright of your life. And uh, you obviously have a good eye for spotting business opportunities. So where are the opportunities if somebody ha perhaps has lost their job or they're looking at uh, building their own business and emulating your success or even just on a smaller scale, where do you see the opportunities now? It, I think it all depends. I mean, I've always said uh, before Ocean Basket, I had my own little business. It was a tiny little business. We employed 12 people. And before that, I worked in corporate. But I think it depends on, on what your skill is. And if you have a skill that solves a problem and adds value to someone, you, you won't be out of a job. So it's not so much about what opportunities are there. I think it's got to be about what are your skills and where can you add value and what problem can you solve? And there certainly are opportunities. People, I also think, or companies are shifting from only full-time employees to a mixed model. We have a completely mixed model at Ocean Basket. Now some people have a full-time contract, some people don't. But I think people who, who are unemployed, I mean, I know about five people who were retrenched. And it was extremely traumatic for them. I mean, the one person was in the entertainment theater industry. That industry, uh, my heart goes out to them. And she's gotten back on her feet and her skills in understanding theater, event management, dealing with people. She's back on her feet. It's not easy. And um, I do think that there needs to be more effort in organizing sessions where we talk to each other. Um, you know, I, I do that sometimes and I'd be so happy to do that more because sometimes you just get stuck and sad, but you've got to find a problem to solve and a skill to draw on.
Are you finding that restaurateurs are much more collegial since the start of COVID-19? Much more? Well, much more friendly to each other, not less competitive. Collegial. (laughs) We certainly become, um, I think we are more collaborative. I mean, I loved listening to Eliana. Um, I wrote her name down. I've got to have tea with her. Women are different. So um, there's now a woman in charge of the Spur Group. And immediately, and I've worked with her before, and immediately there's more connection. Immediately we're talking about what are we going to do, you know, to really find a a better way to pay these people because we can't just increase salaries. You know, then the business model's not going to work, but we've got to find ways. I think there is more collaboration. Um, The restaurant industry has always been an industry where if you open next door to me, you know, I'm going to spit on your pavement. Um, But I think there is more collaboration. We are borrowing sugar from each other um, because we realized last year, if we stand together, it's actually much better. Grace, one of the trends you touched on was the uh, deliveries. And elsewhere in the world, these companies like Deliveroo are eating into the margins of restaurateurs. So in a way, this could be a dangerous development because if, if you look at hotels, you know, those big booking.coms and Expedias, they eat into the margins. What is the picture like in South Africa? And, and are you doing anything to counteract that or are you embracing that development? Um. I always have this debate with um, our franchise partners who I think want to slap me. We are not in the delivery business. So this is a message to all restaurateurs out there. There was a big thing last year during lockdown. And of course, the restaurateurs were highly stressed and they just wanted to like take these guys on. The business of delivery is so specialized. I mean, can you imagine you must get two motorbikes, then the man crashes, then there's petrol, then there's insurance, then he doesn't come to work. Pay the money. Is it going to become more affordable? Yes. So one of the things that I'm really passionate about is finding more restaurants to join so that we can go to the Uber Eats, who we have a great relationship with, and we can go to the Mr. Deliveries and say, cool, let's work a better rate. But I think the focus mustn't be on what the percentage is that they take away. The focus must be on how can I deliver an incredible experience at someone's home so that they come to my restaurant. Because in the next, oh, I don't know, six, seven months, I thought COVID was going to last three months. Anyway, it looks like it's heading for three years. But in the next few months when people are more relaxed, they'll come back and I believe that the the percentage of deliveries and takeaways will even out. It will drop. But instead of spending energy fighting against something, create a way to make it work. Because these are the professionals. Delivery is a nightmare. We've tried it in some countries. It is a nightmare. You become the manager of cars and motorbikes. It's not our competence. Grace, before we close off here, Give us a little sense of where you get your business inspiration from because, you know, other people would like to emulate your success as well. It's about more than just your your business choice. There's something about the philosophy of successful business people. So um, when you've said your success a few times and that makes me feel so anxious, Um, success always sounds like, you know, you've completed or arrived somewhere. And at the age of 56, I'm still a really dedicated student Where do I get my inspiration from? So many places. Uh, uh, 
I read, um, I read and read and read and read, and mostly I consume audio books because my ADD doesn't like me to like sit in front of books. Um, I study, I'm doing a, a course online called the Power MBA, which is the antichrist of MBAs, which is lots of fun. Our founder, who has got a standard eight or a grade 10, is highly inspirational. And I guess my curiosity has been my powerful muscle to replace the fact that I, I didn't go to university. And in some ways, I think it's made me more curious and more hungry for information. And I'm a collaborator. There's so much I don't know. And I think that makes me curious. And I'm very grateful to my colleagues who are really incredibly strong and they've uplifted this brand who was really feeling, I mean, Ocean Basket five, six years ago was really feeling quite dreary. So I don't know. I mean, I care deeply for people and their lives. And one day when a gorilla and a sculler can have a better life, um, th that is what I'm aiming for. That's my ultimate aim. Thank you. Well, it's been a real pleasure having you with us here on the Business Power Hour, Grace. That was Grace Harding, CEO of Ocean Basket and a leader in the hospitality sector. You've been listening to Grace Harding, CEO of Ocean Basket, speaking to me, Jackie Cameron, on the Business Power Hour. Business Power Hour show is available at biznewsradio.com. Thank you for joining me, Jackie Cameron, here on Meet the Entrepreneurs. Until next time.